Hi everyone, this is Christian Medina, and you're listening to another episode of Drags That Pass, the short-form podcast to help you learn more about your favorite development topics. Alright, before we get started, a few quick announcements. As a follow-up to our previous episode, we were planning on a booth at PyCon US this year at the Expo Hall, where we could all hang out and exchange some stories. But uh, that's not going to happen. The conference has been canceled. So we'll have to catch up at another time. Also, I've been getting some really positive notes from several folks about the podcast so far. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you find it useful and you're enjoying it. Uh, You can really help us out if you leave us a review on iTunes or just help us spread the word. Thanks again and let's get started. Git has become the de facto standard for distributed version control. Systems like GitHub, GitLab, and similar services have helped with its popularity and made it a must-have skill for most developers, especially when they're being used as a way to showcase their skills in order to find a job. Many developers know the basics of how to use Git, but it turns out that a lot of them don't really know what's going on in the back end. And many times they wind up deleting repos and recloning them after getting them into a bad state because they just don't know how to get out of it. The article we discussed today is written by James Turnbull called More Productive Git and available on increment.com. We'll cover six different commands that'll make your life better as a developer and improve your workflows. Some of them you already know of. We're just covering different parameters that are used less commonly. If you're somebody that wants to improve your Git skills, this is the episode for you. One of the first commands we'll be looking at is git reset. You use git reset to change the current state of your working directory to the last commit or any commit that you specify. It's actually a quite common way of resetting the work that you've been doing to a known good state instead of having to resort to deleting your entire repo and cloning it again. Uh, The most basic use is to git reset a file name, which will replace that file with the last committed version in the current head. But you can also specify a SHA or branch from which to source the file. A common parameter to include in your command is dash dash hard which will move the entire working state of your branch to the commit that you specify this will reset everything including uncommitted work you'll lose all of that work uh, but it does get you back to a known state a variation on that is to use dash dash soft which points your head to a given commit and stages all the intervening changes. So that means that if you've made, like, say, five commits on your branch, you can go three commits back and all of the files that you've modified are already staged for you so that when you perform your next commit, they go together as one. In principle, this is what you do with... Uh, squash, you just don't have to use rebase and it's a lot easier and and user-friendly. Along the same lines, there's also dash dash mixed, which does the same thing as soft, but does not automatically stage the changes for you. That means that the directory, working directory, is still modified, 
but you have to make sure that you add the changes yourself before making your next commit. All these provide great options to reset your working state without having to delete your entire repo and start over. Another interesting command available with Git is cherry picking. Merges can be quite complicated, especially when applying a bunch of changes together, especially if you're doing it across multiple branches. It's easy to get your repository mixed up such that you feel like resetting or starting over with a fresh clone. Cherry picking exists to pull the content of a specific commit, only the files that changed in that commit in the form of a patch, and then applying it anywhere else in another branch. You can get the content from that one commit without any of the baggage of the history of the branch that you were working on. This simplifies your merged conflicts, making your life a lot easier, especially if you don't need that history. So the first thing to do to apply a, a cherry pick is to identify the commit or the commits that you want to pick uh, using something like git log. Then you go to the branch that you want to apply your patches to, and you use git cherry dash pick and the hash of the commit that you're going to uh, port over. The git system itself takes care of turning those changes into a patch that it can then apply to the branch. If everything goes well, then you're golden and can move on with your work. If you have conflicts, it behaves just like any other merge, and you'll be prompted to handle it uh, like normal. Another nice feature about Git is amending. Sometimes you made a commit and then realized that you forgot to include something in it or in its message, and instead of adding a new commit with the change, you'd prefer to modify the commit that you already made. This happens to me often when I forget to add a file that's supposed to go with a particular commit, or when I want to just update the message and add more information of my last commit. To perform an amend, you can add the file or, uh, or make any other code changes that you want in your working directory. And when you're ready to update your last commit, add dash dash amend to git commit. This will take those changes and include them in the previous commit message. If you also include dash dash no dash edit, you'll be able to keep the same commit log message. Otherwise, you'll be prompted to edit the message. Another Git feature that we all know about, but underuse, is the stash. The stash is kind of like a middle ground, kind of like a stack, where you can store some changes temporarily. Sometimes you're in the middle of working on something, but need to change branches for some reason. And when trying to do so, the Git system will prevent you because you have unsafe changes. Instead of committing those changes or removing them from your working directory, you can type git stash to store them temporarily. If you run git status right after, you'll be able to see that git knows of these changes and they are, they are there for you and available. Once you switch branches, you can do more work, make any other changes, commit those changes, whatever you like, and then go back to where you were previously when you initiated the stash. And if you, at this point, use git stash apply, 
that's the way that you retrieve the work that you had temporarily stored. The stash, when you perform the apply, is still capped in case you want to apply it again, which makes it an interesting way of patching between branches to apply and automatically discard the changes that you stored. Uh, use git stash pop instead. You can actually have multiple stashes that you can list with git stash list and you can give them a name with git stash save and providing some string. At any point in time, you can apply a specific stash which is identified from the stash list command using stash at symbol and that identifier inside curly braces. You would simply use git apply and that stash identifier. Another basic command that we all know about but underutilized is git log. You can use it to browse through the commit history, but a lot of folks don't even know any of the extra features it has available that make your life easier. James takes us through all of these different parameters. For example, there is dash dash stat, which will show you the same commit list, but it will also include the files that changed with each commit. It includes the names, the additions, and the deletions. You can constrain the number of commits that you want to view in your log by using dash n and a number, like you can pass git log dash n 10, and it'll only show you 10 commits. And it's also possible to apply different search criteria to find the commits that you're looking for. For example, there's dash dash after and dash dash before, or even dash dash author. And the nice part about these is that you can apply or you can pass in time descriptions with words. So you can say dash dash before equals one week ago, for example, instead of a specific date. And Git knows how to translate that. On top of these, there's also dash dash grep to help you search through the commit messages themselves for something that you're looking for. And even better, you can restrict the commits that you see based on the files that change simply by passing the file name into git log. Just do git log file name and you'll see all the commits that touched a specific file. Then in terms of formatting, you can take the you can take your commit list and have it only include a one-liner with your SHA hash of the commit and just a, a, a short message along with it. You do this by passing dash dash pretty equals one line, all as one word. The nice part about this command is then you can use it with other shell commands to do things like counting the number of commits that uh, are on the list. If instead of the full SHA you want a shortened one, you can use dash dash one line as a parameter of itself that will give you the smaller eight character commit hash instead of the, the full blown one. Another interesting set of arguments you can use with git log is you can ask for the commit messages that are different between two branches. So for example, you can say, I want all of the commits that are in my current head branch that are not in my origin master. That way I know what I haven't pushed yet. That makes life a little easier to understand what's going on. You do that by typing git log origin master dot dot head all together. And the dot 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 is how you 
specify that it's between two branches. The last command that we'll discuss is bisect. This is one of the most powerful ones and that's almost magical uh, and great for debugging. You can use it to help you find a commit in your history that broke something. For, for example, let's say you have a dozen commits and you know that somewhere in there you, your test failed, but you didn't run the test on every commit. So um, you need to find where it broke as quickly as possible without having to search through every commit. Bisect runs a binary search between two commits, one broken and one that's your last known good one. It's a bit of a process to go through, and to get it going, you'll switch to the branch that you care about and run git bisect start. Then check out the commit that is broken and do git bisect bad. And now you have to tell uh, git what the last known good commit is. You do that by typing git bisect good and passing the commit sha branch or tag it is that uh, you know was working. Git itself then automatically determines how many commits are between these two and switches to one in the middle for you to then evaluate. Uh, you'll see some some prints print out that'll tell you where you that it's switched into that section and to that commit. And at that point you can then determine whether that's a good one or a bad one, and you tell git your determination. So you say that by typing git bisect good. If it's working, git bisect bad. If it's broken, it then looks at the remaining commits between the good and bad revisions again and picks another commit in the middle for you to make another determination. And you keep doing this in a loop until you narrow down to the place where you actually had your bug. This makes it easier. You don't have to cycle through every single commit, and uh, it's just a, a faster way of searching through what broke. If you happen to have automated tests or an automated command that you can pass into Git for it to execute. When it does the bisect, then you can have it automatically do all of this for you with Git, bisect, run, and your command. You do this after executing the initial bisect start command that we discussed earlier. Hopefully you learn more about Git, its commands, and how it can make your life better. If you're like me, you already have a couple workflows in mind that you want to go update and test out with these new parameters. Managing a version control system and its workflows is a fundamental skill that you'll need as a developer in the workforce. Git is the dominant version control system. About 80% of the version control market share, last I checked. So it'll be worthwhile for you to understand how it works and become a power user. Thanks for listening to the Tricep Bass Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe with your favorite app and leave us a review. It does actually help us out. If you want us to cover a specific article or have a topic that you have some interest in, send us a tweet at TriXetPass. Don't forget to drop by the website at TriXetPass.org to learn more about how to build real-world software. This is Christian Medina wishing you good times and good tinkering. <laughs>